online gaming. I don't know if you remember this whole thing, the LAN party, your local area network, this ability with the internet booming now in most houses, and the video game consoles deciding that we are going to put this technology in our PlayStations, our Xboxes, our GameCubes, our Dreamcasts. Now, the early 2000s allow multiplayers, people in different houses, to be at least in a close enough network so that they together, as a team, could play their video games. I don't know about you, but I remember when I was in junior high and in high school, and there was this game called Halo, and it was the thing. And Halo was for boys, but I am the youngest of three and the only girl, and so I grew up playing video games. And the boys in school would tell me, you can't play this game with us because you're a girl. And I said, well, how about we play one time, and if I'm good enough, then we'll reconsider. Well, when we play one time, and then all of a sudden, Kayla's on the leaderboard. Everybody wants her on their team. And then I said, I don't, I don't play with boys. I'm just going to go play the things that the girls play. The early 2000s creates this network for people to interact in a way that had never been accessible before. And so it is now this new way of chatting, this new way of interacting, where we get this idea of people saying mundane things, comments, and observations that would otherwise be kept to themselves, but now here we are. I'm playing, we're chatting. Let me just tell you about the leaf I saw blow by, or the weird thing I just encountered in my periphery. So the early 2000s gave way to this concept that would change the world. Picks, or it didn't happen. An interesting phrase that I didn't realize would impact us so much. The claim that I just ate 15 tacos gets a picks, or it didn't happen. The idea that I got this high score and I passed this level in X amount of time. Picks, I need a screenshot, or it didn't happen. I just saw the most horrible accident on the freeway. Picks, didn't happen. So this morning, one week after we have celebrated the risen Christ and Easter, we're going to take a look at what the world has decided picks or it didn't happen. I think a squirrel fell off my roof, and here is an entry of just a forum that people can throw in pictures and the descriptions of times people said pics, or it didn't happen. Upon arriving to get keys out of my car, the AAA guy locked his keys in his car, and he had to call AAA. Pics, or it didn't happen. Mom told me the rooster was after her today, so I had to check the security footage, wrong one, to make sure and verify. 
nitpicks or it didn't happen. A buddy of mine calls me to tell me he just rolled his Jeep through a telephone pole, and I said, picks or it didn't happen, and he sent me this. Thank you, Internet. This one is my favorite. Number 10, not this one, the one I'm about to show you. Today is the proudest day of my life. I successfully took a picture of me high-fiving myself. <laughs> Just silly. Picks or it didn't happen. And here we are, one week after Easter Sabbath. And it's my hope that you celebrated Resurrection Day well. Because Jesus is alive. We are here because Jesus is alive. If you were with us last week, you participated in an exercise where a cross was handed to you. And we know Jesus who says, lay all your burdens on me and I will give you rest. Bring it to me, lay it at my feet and I will give you new life. You received a better word when you dropped your cross with your burden, your situation, your anxiety, your fear. You came up and you laid your cross down and received a better word. It is my hope that in that exercise, this is not just a high Easter celebration experience. Jesus, the one who absorbs our sin, our guilt. Jesus who says, in me you will get new life. You will be blessed, you will love, and you will understand love. Let me give you life as you come to the cross. So Jesus, in the Gospel of John, appears to Mary Magdalene after he has been resurrected. He appears to his disciples. So we're going to read about that moment in time after the resurrection, a week later, and in this case in the biblical narrative, a few days later. I invite you to open your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 20. We can see how we may or may not be paralleling some of what is happening in those post-resurrection moments and what we then have to do after having celebrated Easter and a risen Christ. John, chapter 20, verse 19 after he had already appeared to Mary Magdalene. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is the Jesus who comes back and says, Peace be with you to his group of disciples who are locked in a house, who are scared of the Jews. They're just keeping to themselves low-key. And Jesus just appears. Jesus, the one who transcends the walls, the locks, the doors, 
says, I am going to be with you no matter what you are going through. Jesus, the one who says, peace be with you, when he could have said, so remember when y'all put me up on that tree? When he could have had any word for his group of people who put them there. He said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, and so I send you. So that when you have the Holy Spirit, you can forgive the sins of those you come in contact with on my behalf. You can warn against the sins that people are engaging in on my behalf. You are to be the benefactors of this love and this grace. Peace be with you. So as we continue, but Thomas, verse 24, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, he was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails on his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hands in his side, I will not believe. Exhibit A. Picks or it didn't happen. Thomas is a fulfillment, or we are a fulfillment. And now I'm not necessarily claiming that picks or it didn't happen is a biblical mindset to have, but I mean, it makes a little bit of sense for some of this question and some of this doubt. We who live in this image-driven culture picks or it didn't happen. Verse 26. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them this time. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came in and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. And oftentimes, we get the, throw it away, just throw away your doubt. But what I want us to consider today is, in this loving and in this gracious interaction, which is all so stern, can you imagine Jesus coming up to you going, yes, I heard what you said, just right here, go ahead, put your hand there, just right here, go ahead, does that feel real to you? And him saying, it's fine. I can handle it. Have your doubt. I can handle it. But here I am. No matter where you are or what you're going through, whatever circumstance that you are trying to make sense of, Jesus is going to tell you, throw, throw your doubt away. But he's going to tell you that not because you're silly for having it. He's going to tell you that because he rose from the dead. And he came into your space through all of the walls, through all of the doors, and through all of the locks. And he said, throw your doubt away. Here I am. It's like your mom when she finally comes and hugs you after you've been lost. No, I'm here. It's okay. Stop crying. Not stop crying because I'm mad at you. Stop crying because you don't need to anymore. Don't doubt because it's bad. Don't doubt because you don't need to. Here I am. And the kind of Jesus that says, put your hands in my hands. Put your hands on my side. 
here I am, see me, believe me. This is not a scolding necessarily. That was a stern command. (laughs) Throw your dad away. No doubt, but believe. This is a showcasing of the resurrected Jesus. That every experience of him is continuing to give us grace and continuing to give us love and continuing to show that he is present no matter what you are going through. So for that broken relationship or that broken household or trying to figure out what finances are going to make its way into your means, Jesus is saying, put your hand in my hand, put your hand against my side, here I am. Jesus wants to give us the assurance that he wants relationship. So as we look at the disciples and as we examine what life looks like in the aftermath of Calvary, we find Jesus that says, I can handle whatever you are going through. So picks or it didn't happen, which has now infiltrated into our lives into a way where I don't even know if I can believe it if I didn't see a picture. And then now a few years later, I don't know if I can believe it because every picture is photoshopped. And so what more can we ask for? What more do we need? Because there's always going to be a thing that's going to overturn what we think we see or what we think we know. And so Jesus says this relationship and this experience, have that. And then tell people, picks or it didn't happen. If we come to this idea that we mention here often, that Jesus uses people to reach people, it's why we here at Bonita say, when we worship and we make this a part of our life, we will look at people differently and we will have this desire to deeply connect. So my challenge for you today, and literally in this moment, is to look across the pews. How many Jesus interactions have you had with the people in this space? Because it's likely, likely, that they're limited to the section of the pews of the church that you're sitting. Likely. And the realization is that God says, If people are going to be used to reach people in my name, then we have to be vulnerable enough to let somebody know something is going on. And then maybe when I do that, somebody can be that tool that God is using, that instrument that God is using. I know there are some of us who sit in the pews and say, I am going through life right now and nobody knows. And I know there are some of us who are sitting in the pews going, I have a lot of Jesus and nobody needs him. So instead of pics or it didn't happen, a different cultural slang that has been brought into this space that Pastor Milton has often referred to is FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. And so this idea of pics or it didn't happen has fed this idea of FOMO because as I see these posts, of things that people are proving they did or proving they experienced, I am now I'm getting a little envious. And I'm like, oh, they, they went to the poppies three times? 
they went on this hike and they did it in that and and now how come I'm not doing that as much or they have a way better Instagrammable life than I do and so now I'm scared that I am not living a life as full as all of these people who are proving pics because it happened my hope for us as I invite the worship team back onto the stage my hope for us is that we believe in our experience of Jesus, the comforter, who wants to comfort you, of Jesus, who wants to heal you, of Jesus, who will always be your rock, of Jesus, who will say, I will go with you wherever you are. Here is my spirit. In the way that God breathed into the clay, Jesus breathed into his disciples that the FOMO is the rest of the world having a fear of missing out on the love that we have encountered because of the Christ who is at the center of our lives. Whatever experiences that you are walking through now, Jesus will be there. Peace be with you. And as we respond, as Jesus says, as my Father sent me, I now send you. You and I have the opportunity to share about this Jesus. The one who says, I don't care how uncomfortable this conversation is going to be. This is what it means to journey with you. The kind of church that will allow all of the awkwardness to sit. Because at the end of the day... We want to encounter this Christ who said, bring it all. I can handle it. Put your finger in my scars, in my side. I will be there. There is nothing that you can do that will make me walk away. So pics or it didn't happen, the picture that I would like to paint or leave with us for today is a FOMO picture. One that the rest of the world for Seeing us will say, I have a fear of missing out on that. So as you continue to look around at the faces in our church community, if there's a face that you haven't had a Jesus encounter with yet, that's your first step. And if there are faces that, that you need for your own Jesus encounter, you've got a family here who believes in this Jesus. We are here because we understand the kind of love that came and walked this earth. We are here because we are not missing out on the grace and the forgiveness that has been extended to us. You are sitting here because you are the benefactors of the love on this planet. So if you need it, it is sitting right next to you. If you need it, he has already come through the walls, through the locks, and through the doors. He is here. He is in you. Amen.